listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. This week, I am joined once again by my faithful co-host, Mr. Brandon Cole. Hey, guys. Uh, We're just talking about some Mustang facts at the moment. Uh, Ford announced as probably everyone guessed that they're going to discontinue the GT 350 after they, you know, after the GT 500 came out, but good news for me. Why do you think they me, wanted to discontinue that as good of a car I, as it was? I don't know, actually. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's I mean, think about, saturation what they, what of the rival? market. If it's rivaling, say like the SRT, um, the, Challenger or the what is it the SS or is it is it rivaling like a ZR1 Camaro? I don't even know because horsepower wise, like it's not close to anything. Like 526 yeah. is really not much higher than a base GT, and once like you start getting into blown, you know, 6.2 liter LSs, the horsepower difference just skyrockets. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what it was. It was probably like in its own class. Like if you really just wanted a good sports car, you could get it a lot cheaper in the in the GT or the SS or the the Scat Pack. Well, I think it's more the track orientation of it. Like it's lighter and nimbler than an SS sure. for sure. So how many people I, want a track like a legit track car? I mean, I mean very, very few, at least yeah. here. Unfortunate. Very cool car. I was a big fan of it, but. Yeah. The spirit but lives on, right? The Voodoo lives on. The yeah. motor out of the 5.2 liter Voodoo engine that's in it is going into the new Mach 1, which is exciting. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Um, is, so is the Mach 1 going to, is that a new thing for this coming year? Because they, they haven't been making that since early 2000s, right? Yeah. I don't, it doesn't have a, like a release date yet. Also, yeah, the so article I'm, seeing, I'm reading is from June, so I'm seeing not completely like productions current. from from basic Mach ones, uh, 1969 to 79. They had a 2003, 2004, and then I guess there's a 2001. So I guess they haven't made it since 2004 is what I'm seeing here. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. Not really my type of car, but I did really like what they did with the older, uh, like 2003, 2004 Mach 1s. That shaker hood is one of my favorite Mustang (laughs) features ever. Yeah, and it was really cool. And, I mean, the car itself was was pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't anything over-the-top crazy, but at the time – the engine, that little 4.6, uh, was cranking out, you know, I think somewhere like, wouldn't it, like 305 or something like that, 320-ish horsepower, somewhere around the wiki there. real quick. Yeah, and that was, it was like, um, it was almost basically a Cobra engine, like a naturally aspirated Cobra engine. They had, they had a four valves per cylinder as opposed to the, I think at the time, uh, a three valve in the, um, basic GT. Mm-hmm. Um, so they it had a really good flowing cylinder heads. They upgraded a lot of things in there. I, I'm a real big fan of the, just the way they set that entire car up. And I'm surprised it didn't, it didn't really live on. I don't know if they're just trying to do short runs of this. Like they, that's have, the like only thing I can think of life. with like that. And the, the GT 350 is they're just trying to maintain like not exclusivity because, <laughs> 
you'd see, you know, a couple of them a week, depending on where you're at, but they're also mm-hmm. not completely flooded the market like your V6 or now turbo four cylinder Mustang. Right, but yeah. I pulled up the wiki for the, for the Mach one. And I can't imagine this is true for just the Mach one, but you want to talk about some engine options, bro. Back yeah. then there was a 5.8 liter Windsor two barrel H code, a Cleveland two barrel H code, a uh, four barrel 351, a another four <laughs> barrel 351, Windsor and Cleveland, same, right? So you had two variants for what looks like, uh, oh yeah, so you had two versions of the two barrel, two for the four barrel, a 390 with a four barrel and then the 428, yeah. the Cobra Jets. There you go. The Cobra Jets. Seven yeah. liters, baby. So that I mean, was that was just one are, generation. That's crazy they had that many options. Yeah. Those are all, in my opinion, pretty legitimate um, engines. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Windsor engines. Um, but I mean, they're basically truck engines, but I think it's cause they're, they're kind of like the LSs of the time, kind of like the, the small block Chevys. You know, they just had a lot of aftermarket support for it. So you could do a lot to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then they took an unfortunate styling turn in the seventies, in my opinion, at least like the big swooping or like the, the fastback, which I don't dislike fastbacks. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, it's very seventies, which it. it's definitely got a classic look to it. Normally I like that, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of old Mustang styling. Yeah. And like might, even, even the early, early ones. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate them because of what they represent the, the origin of the American muscle car, but stylistically never a big fan. Now the fourth gen, like you were talking about the early two thousands, that is pretty classic to me. Yeah, no, it has a great look to it. I mean, especially for the time, um, it's just, uh, the decals and the, uh, the, of course the hood scoop had exclusive wheels to it. Uh, I think it had that painted, um, spoiler on the back. Yep. The two tone. Yeah. And 305 horsepower. Yeah, in two thousand four. Okay. I mean, I mean, th- yeah. If you think back back at the time, I mean, that was pretty good. But he got le- even the uh, uh, Camaro like Z twenty eight was making like on paper it made three twenty five. I think realistically it made more like three forty three fifty. <laughs> Probably another reason why it wasn't that successful. Are you talking about the O three like the F body? Camaros, ninety eight to two, and they had the LS one in them. They rated them at like three twenty five, but I think later on they basically were like, it's the exact same engine that's in the uh, Corvette, so they couldn't like every parts in like matching numbers on it. So it was basically nice. it had the same power as the Corvette, but they just said it had less just for right. sales points because people don't want to like be like, well, why, why would I buy the Corvette when I'm getting the same amount of power? In Dude, Camaro? that's my theory about why GM probably smacked Camaro's dick in the last decade because <laughs> oh, well, they sure, were putting yeah. out some absolute rippers, man. Jesus Christ. Like what was the, uh, ZL one 600 and something horsepower. It's like 650, something like that. that yeah. Was, that was like 10 years ago <laughs> or something like that. Or, or right. Well, they had the Z28 out. Ago. 
Yeah, the Z twenty eight was ridiculous. So that had the uh, that had the seven liter, right? I think so. I yeah, it had. Yeah, I believe it had the seven liter. At the time, the widest front tires of any production car, either or it, yeah. Yeah, well, so there was, was a lot of hype about when the the new Z uh, Z twenty eight came out because it actually beat the I hate saying this so I say it wrong, but like the Nurburgring, uh-huh. <laughs> it actually beat the GTR around it. Um, wow. Everybody, everybody's upset. We're like, well, yeah, you put a set of slicks on a GTR, and it's gonna click off times like that as well. But, um, but yeah, the, the Z28 came with these real sticky tires, so it. Uh, but I mean, it was a legitimate performer, though. It, it did extremely well. Yeah. Like, so, the new ZL1 to compare to the Shelby, like we were just talking about, six point two liter supercharged v8 versus a 5.2 liter naturally aspirated v8 650 horsepower 650 foot pounds of torque versus the shelby with 526 and 429 these are the new mustangs uh that's the gt the current gt350 and the current zl1 So what are what are we getting with the the new uh, Mach one? Uh, I don't know. I didn't read too too much. I mean, obviously the limited edition stuff like the decals, and they're only making uh, a few thousand of them, so it okay, won't so be. You, you get the. Um, we'll see. It's saying I speak. Maybe it's not going to get that flat plane cranked. It's saying here yeah, that the. Well, that's the, that's the Ford article, but it's from June. So like right. maybe it's changed in the last couple months. Cause well, you really, know, I got it from we, Matt DeAndre and he's like, he's a pretty legit source. He's, you know, he's not just yeah. some dude. I mean the, uh, the, the whole idea behind the flat plane crane dual red cam setup it sounds pretty great. And I think it and obviously did good for that GT three fifty, but realistically the coyote is just so successful no matter what it's in if it's the f-150 or the the mustang it's i mean it's proven to be very reliable it can make a ton of power um basically on a a stock engine and has exceptionally well a good flowing heads and um it's i mean it's just for for, for being the smallest engine in its class when it's competing it's against the uh, challengers uh 6.4 and chevy 6.2 i think it yep. pretty much never makes more power than them but just the fact that it's actually like right there right on their heels with a 1.2 1.4 liters less engine is um, in my eyes that's, that's pretty impressive um so i mean why not just keep using this keep improving it i think like two years ago they finally got a a direct injection um right i think they were still using port injection before then so i mean that was a huge upgrade i saw a lot of tuning stuff on it. you can do a lot more with it so in my eyes it would just make sense to go ahead and just keep using this thing it's so proven and i think it's gonna it's gonna live for a while in the mustang until probably uh something uh turbo takes over or um maybe they want to go bigger displacement or just electric electric engine is going to take over eventually so who knows anything's going to come between that i'd like to see ford come out with their own like corvette like the gt500 (laughs) is their closest corvette competitor but like we there's the gt right which is a supercar essentially 
as far as category, like it's not, you're not going to get super stoked if your GT beats a Corvette. I've thought about that many times over the years and I never really understood why they never wanted something specific to take on the Corvette. Um, I mean, the must. I'm not nothing bad about the Mustang. It's. I think it's no, but it's it's a really pony great. car. It's it's a pony five car, yeah. passenger. Like it's not, it's not a dedicated yeah. two person race car, basically. Yeah, and it may. And I mean, Ford's always kind of guess been kind of sensible in the matter, and maybe it just doesn't make sense to like sell it. it it's right. not a. I mean, I'd have to assume that's maker. the reason. Yeah, I feel like I feel like. Corvettes, you know, they're probably a small moneymaker for the company, but more so it's like it builds their brand. It's like we have this. So yeah. it gets the Chevy crowd hyped because even though they don't they can't afford it or don't own one, it's just like, oh yeah, Corvette has this. I mean, Chevrolet has this. And we like I'm a Chevy guy, whatever. Right. <laughs> it seems that seems to be like a lot of what I see, especially in like uh, you know, the redneck community. There's just like these like diehard brand purists. I used to buy right. it too when I was younger. I don't care anymore. It's like I just care about what's what's good at the time for that year model on what I can afford, and then I'll be a Chevy guy, Ford guy, Mopar right. guy, whatever. <laughs> I don't really care. I won't probably ever be a, a, a Kia guy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and just take that one off the table now. Although they, they really, Wait. what's that? That's exactly what I was about to say. And I was actually thinking about that earlier this week. I was driving around. I saw this. I was like, damn, that's a good looking luxury car. And like, I keep doing this and it ends up being like Kias and, and Hyundais. I'm like, Oh, the, the Genesis brand. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, there's, and you know, that's like their high end stuff. I'm talking about even their like, uh, even their like SUVs and stuff. Like everything that they make is like not, shitty looking like it used to be i remember like 10 years ago if you saw a kia going on the road it's like okay that guy either one has no idea what he just bought yeah because he bought a piece of crap or two they just they don't have enough money to buy a good car and so right. that, that was my, that's, that's when i thought of somebody that owned a car like that and nowadays i'm just like i don't know they're not they've been this new stuff hadn't been around long enough really to be proven or anything but right they look good they look like like good luxury vehicles now i'm not gonna go buy one so don't get me twisted or anything but they're they've definitely come a long ways in the last 10 years well i was gonna say the uh um oh i just lost it what's their their little sports car the The, uh, uh um, it was the Genesis, right? Well, the Genesis is a uh, is their luxury brand, right? It's like their was, their Lincoln. Or yeah, um, Stinger. There it is. Yeah, oh, they had their yeah, like their a, twin like, turbo like all wheel drive. Thing. Yeah, so they it's like. Turbo? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the, like the fully loaded version uh, was a turbo uh, six cylinder all wheel drive. Oh, I was under the impression that it had like a small V8 in it, but I could be wrong. Oh, no, I'm almost positive that. I really don't that. know much about it. I really don't know much about it. I just, I, I read like a brief article on it a while back and um, I was like, it's kind of cool that Kia has something like this now. They're finally a C060 4.7 seconds. We're rear wheel drive available, torque vectoring all wheel drive. That's pretty dope. 
Uh, they are not cheap, though. The 2021 Stinger GT2, which is their top of the line, starts at $50,000. Uh, starting point, yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they look like they're not a cheap car at all, for sure. Yeah, that's that's rough, man. I don't know if I'd, if I'd drop 50 grand on a Kia right now. Yeah, 365 horsepower. Yeah, you can definitely get a lot more out of, like, if you want to like yeah. this, I would go for, like, a Charger or something. Well, I mean, if, if you're in the, like, small displacement all-wheel drive sector, then you're, I mean. That's true. You're an all-wheel drive Audi, I think like, $50,000 yeah. worth of an Audi is going to get you something that's going to shit all over that Stinger, I bet. I believe the uh, Ford was in the Taurus SVO starts uh, in the like mid to low forties starting price. So I think I, I might rather have that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, if that's, that's the mistake I made with the Volkswagen, right? Like I, I don't regret my golf R like it was fun, but if I would have known that day I was going to spend $40,000, like I probably would have ended up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun car though i really like that little thing yeah no like i said i don't regret it but it's it's a matter of like if you got to go into it like what's fifty thousand dollars gonna get me like yeah it'll get me this brand new kia stinger but it'll also get you like a 2016 z06 corvette which is better yeah, yeah. in every single category except maybe fuel economy than that kia stinger yeah. And hauling friends around. Yeah, no, I guess that's a point. That's a point. <laughs> like I was always the guy, especially back then, um, if like we were going to go somewhere, I wanted people to ride with me because I hated riding with other people. Yeah. So I had the, I, that's why I got the four door golf instead of the two door. Yeah. I just looked up. You're right. It's like a 3.3 liter turbo engine. Yeah. It's, it's, they did have in their Genesis sedans, the first generation ones. I don't know about now. They did have a five liter V8 that was like 400 and something horsepower. So they do have V8 potential and to, to put it in things, but, um, not in the state. I feel dirty talking about a Kia. Let's move to something else. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we can talk about the new Supras. Oh, man, dude. I'm starting to see those on the roads pretty often. And I'm still kind of conflicted on them. But every time I see one, I'm like, oh, I want one. They're so cool. They're, they're super JDM, right? like with the curves and the big, the big spoiler and everything it's yeah, at, it's, it's at my personal good. limit. What the way the factory one looks like, I, I like it and it's, it's good. And I would drive one if I could get one, but I've seen so many people just go full Tokyo drift with that thing. And like, just, uh, I haven't seen all that. Yet. They're, oh, yeah. they're actually, they're, they're making it more like when it first launched, it was basically like you get the best one or nothing. Like you could, there's like a handful of options. And now that I'm, now I'm seeing it, like they actually make like a, a two liter twin scroll, single turbo and line four for it, which it's, it's, it's 250 horsepower. So it'll still be fun to drive because it's probably pretty lightweight, but right. <sighs> I, I kind of hate when they do that. I get why they do it because it's, it's how you make money. It's the same thing with like the Mustangs and Camaros when they put the little engines in them. But right, 
this is like a true sports car. Like it's heritage. It was like a legitimate sports car through and through. And it had no, it had no bullshit version of it. It was just, actually, I take that back. You're never mind. I take that completely back. Cause I kind of <laughs> forgot that they did make a naturally aspirated version of the two JZ back then. Yeah. So well, I, I uh, shot myself in the foot there. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's the potential still there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess you just don't see those anymore. They either get like swapped out or the engines get built for them. People, everybody's done something to them at some point. Oh, in time. Yeah. If, if you have a stock one, you're sitting on a quarter million dollars there and I'm not, I, know, I really not see exaggerating. Myself you, you remember when I had the, uh, um, that S 2000 and the yes, Evo, yes. I, I uh, never saw your I, Evo and it really upsets me because of all your cars you've had, that is the one I care the most about. Yeah. That's one I really do miss. That, that was just pure joy to drive. Um, but I, I had a, I had a guy like offer to like straight trade me for his bone stock, um, Supra, obviously he wanted a little extra money with it, which, you know, wasn't right. a ridiculous amount. And, and for whatever reason, I just, I just really, really wanted a convertible for some reason. So I, that's why I went with the S2000, but, uh, I kind of regret it. Cause yeah, I would have probably made a lot of money on that, even if yeah, I, Yeah, <laughs> but you probably would have also put the same amount of money you did into the S2000 into that Supra and had twice as much horsepower. Really? I disagree. I would have okay. put half the money into the engine <laughs> and made twice the horsepower. Oh, <laughs> I mean, man, you got me there. A lot. I mean, you, you just, I mean, what I'm, what I'm seeing is all these guys, they take the twin turbo setup off. They put yeah, a single almost nobody turbo runs that. there. You yeah, know, some you know some fuel and tuning, and more or less making like respectable horsepower. Yeah, um, I think yeah. At that point, you need to invest in tires. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's it, that's it when. Uh, yeah, that's I, I don't know. I go back and forth with my my love of JDM. Like you, I will tell you have single-handedly changed my my view on Hondas and JDM in general. Because, like, that's what I love about you is I'll get caught up in the hype about something and talk all kinds of shit on Hondas because there is a lot of shit to be talked on Honda people, yeah, which, sure, yeah. which is an important distinction to make. Honda people are usually less than desirable. Honda engines and engineering are... <laughs> Just if you can separate the two, it'll it'll increase your love of automobiles because like the simplicity and everything else about at least old school Japanese design is is unprecedented. Maybe in Germans, but even the Germans got a little caught up in the yeah. the gadgetry. Sooner than Japan, yeah. maybe. Yeah. My buddy from high school, uh, Ryan, he got me into, I mean, he didn't really get me into it. He just showed me the same thing I showed you was that like, yes, they are rice burners. They sound ridiculous. Most of the time they're doing rice or flybys and they're making like tons of sound and hardly going anywhere. But the fact that they weigh less than every other sports car out there and yep. their engines hold together really well, and no matter what you throw at them, um, within reason, um, right. it, it takes like a lot less power to make them a heck of a lot faster. Um, just 
because they're so light. And so he used to do that. And, you know, he had a, we, we talk about it all the time. I just sent him a car today. I found like a, a dirt cheap, uh, um, Honda CRX, and I was like, "Man, I'm really tempted to build this because it wouldn't cost oh, yeah. a lot of money." I had an, I knew another guy. He had a all naturally aspirated, and it was just you know, it was a it was a pretty well built engine, but it was all naturally aspirated. And he would he would you know he'd be stock Corvettes and his little piece of shit CRX. Because it weighed uh, a thousand pounds with him in it. Yeah, no, no, it was. I think it was under. Like it was, it was, it was gutted. It was under right. two thousand pounds with him in it. Full time gas. So yeah, it, it was just. It's always tempting because, you know me, I don't really care to have the nicest thing out there. It's more like the wow factor that just you just got smoked by a piece of shit or something like that. It sounds right. Fun. Looking at it now, I think what killed him was the front wheel drive thing. Like yeah. if it was, well, I mean, was rear wheel drive, I feel like Americans would have like pers- like taken it a lot better. They they weren't made to be sports cars. Like they were right. you know, the Integra the Integra had a four door version of it. I mean, they're just economy cars, like first time cars for like 16, 17, 18 year olds or whatever. That's what they're that's what they're meant for. And they weren't meant to be that's true. what we're making them into. It's just <laughs> that's true. they just they're a decent enough platform. And, and honestly, if especially for younger guys, um, and you're driving around these front wheel drive vehicles, they're a heck of a lot more forgiving, especially in a drag race. I mean, you yes. you get loose instead of it going sideways, it just keeps going forward. Um, right. when you're when you're burning out and don't know how to get traction or don't have enough tire to get traction. We did it all the time. I had a Camaro back in high school and my buddy had the uh, Integra and it was stock and he would, he would 60 foot me every 10 out of 10 times. He would 60 foot me (laughs) because he could drive decently. I had too much power for a a 17 year old and, and he he would just leave me and I I wouldn't catch him until like end of second gear. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got the legs on them, but in the eighth mile, it's it's yeah. hard to beat. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I beat them every time in the eighth mile. It's just uh, it took took most of the track for me to catch them, just because gotcha. you know I was I was so new and and those those front wheel drives are very very forgiving. Yeah, um, I used to be super into the all wheel drive stuff. Like obviously, I've had a couple Audis and Volkswagens and stuff, but looking at I drag still- racing now, it is a brutal unforgiving headache that I just don't want in my life. Like watching these Subaru guys snap axles and smoke clutches and everything else. Like it's definitely hard to, if it's a GTR and it's all like computer clutches and like the best technology you can throw at it, then obviously it's, you know, they're the fastest cars out there right now. But for a mere mortal man, all like rear wheel driver from the drive is, I think on the drag strip, when you have maximum amount of traction, you're doing all-wheel drive launches. I think when you're making a lot of power, it is harder to make that type of uh, setup like really strong enough to hold that power over many launches. I think they end up breaking a lot more stuff than just like the basic rear-wheel drives with a four nine-inch in the rear. That's tough as hell. Like, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, their 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 rear ends came in out of like diesel I mean, pickup trucks like just things that are made to be beat on all day yeah 
No, the drag strip comparison's a, a good thing, a good distinction to make because on the street, something's got to give. That's what it all comes back to. It's either going to be your clutch, your tires, your drive line, something. Yeah. And when you're on a track, it's usually your tires, right? In in a normal situation like you burn out sure. but on a drag strip where it's designed to do everything to keep you from burning out well then something else is going to give and it seems like axles and drive lines are the common weak point oh yeah yep yeah the uh yeah transmissions and normally yeah it just depends on each vehicle where the where the strengths are at but um yeah, there's definitely a lot that can break. And, and for the first street application, I just don't see anything that is better than an all-wheel drive. It just makes no, sense. For, for street launches, yeah, for sure. Because if you're spinning in rear-wheel drive car, chances are the all-wheel drive will not spin at all or just minimal, and then he'll get on with his day while you're still trying it's, to... It's, especially when you're on different types of... Uh, the surfaces like concrete versus asphalt and gravel and stuff. I mean, you're on any, any sort of fairly loose or semi slick surface. I mean, you can forget it in a rear wheel drive. I mean, even, even a front wheel drive is going to be far superior to that in most cases. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Well, I guess it's not crazy if you actually think about it, but front wheel drive cars are way better in like snow and places like that. Because all your traction is all your weights right over the front end where your traction needs to be. Yeah, I don't ever forget. That was like the most fun I ever had in that Evo. Just over, we had a little blizzard. I guess the road through Virginia and uh, just playing around the, some ice patches and in uh, slick areas whenever it rained. And man, I think it was just it's so fun. It, like it, it just like just when you think you're gonna like mess up, like the car just grabs the surface and you just keep going is that was a really well designed car it was a lot of fun to drive it wasn't terribly powerful i only had a few things done to it so but it's just the whole car was great well it's it's what japan does best as a stock unit everything works perfectly together like you know what i mean there's not mm-hmm. way there's not too much power for the grip or anything else but you know us being car guys we always like to push the limits Sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I feel like, nah, not unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for our bank accounts. That's what I was getting at. I feel like I'd be a lot farther in life if I wasn't a car guy. <laughs> or, I mean, uh, I was, uh, there's all, I was, there's always these memes, all these car channels talking about like teach your son to be a car guy. He won't be able to afford drugs. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an expensive addiction. Hopefully, man, I'm trying to influence my nephew right now. Get him in it early. (laughs) So I got, I got to, I got to come clean on something here. Um, Oh no. I I talked, I talked a lot of shit about it in the past. I just couldn't get on board with it with my old school mentality. But you saw it the other day when you sent it. Oh boy. What do we get? Are you going to talk about gay marriage or something? Yes. Um, I want an electric vehicle now. I'm, I'm totally on board with them. They just make sense. Every time I go to the gas pump, I'm like, damn. 12 miles per gallon in my truck and um, cost me a bunch of money. And, uh, I mean, and then you have the electric engine that's just, like, getting you instant torque, like, for anything that's that's good. Like, 
for, for towing. It's really good. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about the new F-150 with uh, the electric engine. Obviously, I probably wouldn't get one for a while. So I would want everybody to work out the kinks and everything. Right. If they're Wait for batteries others. not to cost as much as a house. Right. Yeah. But, man, I think I'm finally warming up to the fact that, you know, obviously electric is the future. It's going to take over eventually, but I'm starting to embrace it now. In a lot of ways, it just makes sense because, I mean, like when it comes to like trucks, uh, everybody's all about torque, 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 you know, having the big diesel with tons of torque. Um, you know, they have been having these torque wars forever and they're making right. over a thousand pounds via torque now when you just, uh, you know, these, like the Tesla is like, Oh, here, we're going to launch our first car. And it's got 700 pounds of torque on electric engine. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is just a little car. And like, you just imagine what their, their truck, I mean, uh, their truck is the most ridiculous, stupid looking thing. And I do not right. want one. But um, just imagine what the top tiered one's going to end up being like one day, especially if they like make some sort of performance version of it. I mean, it's just going to make sense and it's going to make towing just a breeze. And, and it's, I think it's going to be racing, you know, like the fastest, like I think I talked about it last time, the fastest thing up the, uh, um, what's that uphill race? Um, the Pikes Peak. Pikes Peak, yeah. Um, it's an electric car, man. Like it's just, it, it yeah. just makes sense. It's, it's taking over technology is advancing and it's going, it's going places. So I'm going to have to, uh, start learning that if I'm going to keep up with the car culture, I mean, I just, I got to start learning it. I and, mean, uh, Ford's got a 1400 horsepower, all, uh, all electric drag car. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not know that. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Over 170 in the quarter. Low eight second passes. That's that's impressive. You know, and it made me. Start, I was thinking about like, you know, what does the car culture do with an electric vehicle? Like, you can't go put an intake on it. Can't put an exhaust on it. What do you do? And I was thinking, it's just, it's just like, you know, like, like your computers. You know, you got a fancy computer or something. You, you, if you're going to play a game on it, you, you know, you can overclock the, the CPU and you can, you can do stuff like that. I mean, that's basically what you, you can do with these. It w- would make sense anyways. You basically buy an aftermarket programmer from somebody uh, like yeah. super chips or whatever. And, and like, they just like overclock it or you, 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 um, you know, you give it more power, give it right? more power. Yeah. From the battery. Yeah. You, yeah. you take think, the restriction you, off and cooling and stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. there is a certain amount that can be done, but it's nowhere near as sexy as a cold start of a big choppy BBC and <laughs> hearing a fucking yeah. supercharger wine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And I think that's going to, that after everybody accepts the fact that these electric engines are going to be really fast and they're, they're going to be really capable. That's the one thing I think people are just going to, it's going to be really hard to get by. I mean, it's, it takes all the emotion out of it. It's so sterile. Like when you're sitting at the starting line or in your truck, when you're going up a hill, especially in the Cummins, right? You, you hear it downshift turbo spools up the hill. (laughs) Like it makes, it, it makes my pants move. I'm not going to lie. Like just blowing up these hills under 30 pounds of boost, just up the hill. Like, yeah, yeah, man, it's awesome. That's half what it is. That's half of being a car guy right there. It's just, 
appreciate enjoying that like just the sounds and the 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 sight of it and yeah the smells and just everything (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah i don't know what it is i've always liked the the smell of the diesel exhaust fumes not like sitting there breathing it but just when they pass by you just get a whiff of it and it's like oh some of my fondest memories of when i was little with my dad was uh we'd go he ran heavy equipment and uh we'd be doing side projects or whatever we get there early in the morning and like all the equipment sitting around idling warming up and just like the cool calm morning air with just a little bit of diesel exhaust in it oh Oh, yeah. It takes me right back. Uh, I'm, I'm, you're already making me miss my diesel trucks. Stuck here with a gasser. Yeah. Well, who knows, man? Who knows what the future holds? Electric. It holds electric engines. That's true. It holds, it holds hybrids. <laughs> I think hybrid is what's really going to take us a distance. You know what I mean? Short-term. Because it, it's going to do, I think it's going to be a short term bridge to warm everybody up to it. Like, yeah. Okay. You still get your, you still get your sounds and your turbos and stuff, but realistically it's the other part of it. That is the future. The yeah. It, it, the hybrid definitely maximizes the potential of the gas engine. I think to its, its ultimate form. You know what I mean? It, it at the low yeah. end and off the hit and everywhere else that internal combustion engines tend to suffer is where it excels. And in the high end, at least currently where electric engines suffer, that's where gasoline engines pick it up. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing that I'm wondering where, you know, where it's going to actually be with legitimate race cars, like NASCAR and IndyCar, you know, where these engines are, you know, they're at seven to 9,000 RPM for hours at a time. Right. Uh, you know, are the, uh, how long is that? How long till like electric engines are going to be able to do that and take over there? Cause I mean, cause have you ever been to a NASCAR race? I have not. That's what okay. I was supposed to go There's this year. A lot of people, a lot of, and I, I fully understand it. You know, it's just a bunch of, rednecks driving around a circle right but um and making only left turns but the sound that you hear um i've been to texas motor speedway several times and a couple other tracks uh, across the nation and it is just a crazy sound i mean it is it makes the drag strips sound like nothing when these guys when, when you got 50 cars flying by in a pack at 9,000 rpm oh, i can't just, wait man it, it, it's a bucket list it, it, item it, for sure it legitimately hurts your ears if you don't have earmuffs on. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, and uh, um, just imagine going from that to fifty electric cars passing by. Like, was it? I'm not yeah, they've like already got fully electric F1. I told you about that, right? Um, yeah, I've, I've 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 briefly seen some articles on it, and I'll be honest, I wasn't really that interested in it, so I didn't read it. Well, Audi um, pulled out of the uh, prototype division of like um, endurance racing. I, I might be fucking this up. This was a few years ago, but yeah, yeah, they pulled out of it and it fully focused on Formula E. Like I think that's what's well, called. Yeah, I mean that everybody's 
that that's the future like even cummins as soon as like as soon as like electric thing became like a legitimate thing and they like the electric trucks were coming out cummins started developing their own electric engine and um you know that they're they're, they're all everybody's gonna do it you know at one day cummins which has made diesels for a hundred years or so whatever it is now um they're just gonna make electric engines Eventually, what all the successful ones are going to do, at least, like I'm sure a yeah. lot of them will die off, cling into the old ways, and it'll be sad. Well, the only, the only, the only thing that's going to be really needed for that type of stuff is like industrial equipment out in the middle of an oil field that's having to run something. So you might still need a diesel generator out there, but for the most part, it's just going to make sense to get with the times. So yeah, they're, everybody's going to start making this stuff, and it's going to start finding our ways, and and it's its way into all of our everyday vehicles and. I'm going to miss the sounds, but dang, man, I think there's going to be a lot of good things that are going to come with it. For sure. And luckily within our lifetime, it's pretty unlikely that we'll have none of those sounds. You know what I mean? Like the odds of us going fully electric before you and I die, I'd say slim. So we might be the last Uh, generation though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, definitely we're going to be one of the last generations to really experience internal combustion to its fullest it's i mean it's going to be around for 100 more years because i mean people collect classics and do all that stuff but right um yeah no definitely definitely a dying breed as we speak i think still in full swing but day by day i think it's just gonna start dwindling away yeah, I mean it's it's inevitable, right? Changes changes one of those things, but yeah. I don't know. On I'm I'm excited side. about the hybrid stuff. Like you look at the McLaren P1 and the Porsche 918 and the Ferrari La Ferrari, like those are savage fucking cars. And that's just like first wave first generation stuff. That's like, what I'm that's what I'm saying uh 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 Norton from the Navy, um, yep. from the, uh, the ship, uh, he, he was telling me he wants to, you know, some of those, like, the, like those races at the, uh, uh, Pikes Peak. And he said, mm-hmm. these, these electric cars are just insanely fast. And it, like, as soon as he told me that, it, like, I was almost like offended. <laughs> was, like, I was like, no, they're not. How dare the, you? Internal combustion, they're always faster. But like, as soon as he said that, because I've never been to one, so I don't know. So I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just hurt me mentally. <laughs> you wounded me, sir. You wounded me. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Man. So yeah, ever since then I've been, I've been dealing with it, man. And I finally just come to it. You know what? It's, it's happening and I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to embrace it. It's a good way can't to look at them. it, man. Join them. Yeah. I'm excited about the hybrid stuff. Like the applications for off-roading and everything else are just massive. Like when you're rock crawling, if you could just lay on the torque, just micro, like just, you know what I mean? Like there's so many applications that I feel like hybrid, it's going to elevate every aspect of the sport, I think. Well, I think, I think hybrid is going to, I mean, it's already here. Like, so the Ram 1500, if you get the, uh, it's probably, I think it's part of the max tow package. So you get the 5.7 liter Hemi Mm -hmm. and then it has a, a like that's torque something i don't know what it's called but or an electric oh, yeah it's Hold basically on, it when it gets you going like 
they, they tested it and the way, I guess the way it's set up, it doesn't actually make it any faster. It doesn't help you with acceleration. It just, I think one helps you with fuel economy for a little bit and then yeah. it helps you pull a heavy load, um, more easily. It's yeah. It's and, off the line yeah, that's pretty cool. is where gas yeah. engines struggle. Like the torque converter right. is just a massive, like power leech. So I say it's, it's like something like 90 pound feet of torque that just adds just whenever you need it. Like uh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Up. Yeah. Somewhere along those, um, uh, along that line but the whole yeah. thing just sounded pretty cool to me um it's still one of those things that like i would steer away from because it's too new and i'm worried about batteries and i'm worried about electronics failing and that type of stuff and costing yeah. on the leg as soon as warranties run out but um i mean yeah i think it's definitely going to be something cool in the future whenever they get it all worked out yeah so you can get the it's called e-torque and you can get it on e-torque, any yes. any model the v6 e-torque is 12 horsepower and 39 foot pounds oh. of torque right okay although the torque is multiplied by a belt drive create a 90 foot pound assist the hemi's e-torque motor is good for 16 horses and 49 foot pounds of torque multiply through the belt drive to 130 foot pounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was available on everything. That's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but realistically, just, uh, yeah, you get all the advantages of it. I mean, that's not a ton of torque, 30 some horsepower. I don't fully understand how it's multiplied, I guess, through gearing. Um, yeah. But, um, I would imagine. It yeah. says through a belt drive. It doesn't get into it very much, but yeah, it's, it's just off the line. That's like, obviously the five, seven Hemi has got it taken care of up top. Right. Sure. But that's, it's off the line is where your gas mileage gets destroyed. Just everything. So if you got 90 foot pounds just to get yeah. you rolling, just till the torque converter locks in, that is huge. Yeah, no, now that you mention it, it does really make sense to like, if I'm cruising down the road, my F-250, which gets horrid gas mileage, um, I've noticed that like, if I, if I just cruise on the highway, you know, I can like real back roads here in small town, um, you know, I can, I can squeeze 17 miles per gallon out of it. And when I get there, I'm like ecstatic, but the second I come to a stoplight and then I got to press the gas again, it's just like, you can just watch the, the, uh, the, the average, the average drop just tick tick down. I'm like, oh, yeah, stupid stoplights. They kill me. But yeah, just having that to where it just really helps assist you and don't have to work the engine as hard. I could imagine it would actually save you a pretty decent amount of fuel economy in city driving. Yes. Yeah. On the highway hybrids, even like the Prius gets worse mileage on the highway. So yeah, it's, it's all the off that the line. line. So weird. Yeah. Like, um, hybrids really the the bread and butter is the the city drive for fuel economy stuff yeah i think that's pretty much what that thing's designed for anyways well the prius for sure yeah but i mean chevy's been playing around with this hybrid stuff for a while now i think we talked about this before well they they have they're all electric but they've been making hybrid suburbans and silverados for a while like you hardly ever see them but They've been out yeah, there, I want to say, for four or five years now. 
No, I, I mean, I think it, they've been out quite a bit longer than that because I've seen yeah. them the older style Tahoes, which they stopped making in 2014. And I've seen them earlier than that. So they, they've got to at least be eight or more years old uh, when they first started doing some of that. Um, at the minimum six years old, but, um, hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know much about them. They didn't get a lot of hype. Nobody really cared about them back then. So I guess they must not I have mean, been very good. It, maybe it's that, I don't know. I see them in Escalade. They're an option in the Escalades. I see those once in a while because they just they really advertise it. It's like big bold letters on the side of lower part of the doors hybrid. Yeah. They really, uh, they really climbed <laughs> them up like that. 2007. Yeah. So you were right, yeah. 2007. Yeah, so that's 13 years. Yeah, they've been up for a minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know anything about them, but I do remember seeing them all the time. And it's just one of those things that, like, especially back then, I just I didn't care about hybrids. Right. And to be honest, I'm not crazy about them now. But, again, starting to warm up to the fact because just of the advantages. I mean, there's a lot of advantages in uh, adding – uh, the best of both worlds, electric and, uh, you know, internal combustion engine together, working together. Yeah. I mean, sounds pretty cool. The, the next big hurdle, at least in my opinion on like the, for hauling and trucking is they either like for semi trucks, they either have to have some develop and breakthrough where they can fully charge them in like 15, 20 minutes or a swappable battery, like a quick swappable battery. I think having that would really, at least in my, for me, it'd make it a lot more viable of an option. Cause right now, like going on a road trip, I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that stops once for fuel bathroom and food and I'm just on it. Yeah. And like, if I have to stop for 30 plus minutes to, to like charge up my vehicle, like what are you supposed yeah. to do? Like most gas stations are in the middle of nowhere and it's fine because you spend two minutes there. There's a lot of gas stations. I don't want to spend 30 minutes at waiting for my battery to charge. Yeah, I think that's um, definitely a hurdle right now. So, um, well, and in cross country think- trucking too, like all those guys, every second counts. So if you got to spend, if your yeah. truck is sitting still for 30 minutes instead of 10, like it's just the industry won't support it in my opinion. Well, so I I have pros and cons on that. So I think the, the biggest thing on a lot of big truckers and I, I, my, my knowledge is limited on it, but I do have a little bit. And, uh, you know, some of these bigger companies, they will actually pay their drivers slightly more to drive 65 miles an hour or less because the trucks get better fuel economy. In a mm. typical truck, I mean, they're even unloaded. They're getting single-digit fuel economy. Um, so right. loaded, it's, it's somewhere around, I don't know, like maybe like six miles per gallon. Unloaded, maybe around eight or so. Um, so the, the fuel cost is huge for these big trucks. And so having to wait an hour at a pit stop to fuel up really outweighs paying, you know, 500, $700,000, depending on what time of year it is and how much fuel costs at the time, um, really outweighs just that extra charge time. Um, 
I don't know how they're going to charge you. I was actually thinking about that the other day too. Like, cause if you go home, you plug it in, you're just paying whatever you pay to run your light bulbs and stuff like that. Oh, so like yeah. over, over the course of a month, I, I heard that like some of these Tesla guys, like their, their battery, their, their bill is up like maybe 20 to $50 tops. Um, mm over a full month. So you, you outweigh that. I mean, that's a huge savings over uh, gasoline. So it, it's multiplied times a hundred or hundreds when you're talking about big rigs like that. So yeah, it sucks sitting there charging, especially those big batteries are going to take even longer to charge, but right, the, the cost is going to be a big difference for these big companies. So I'm sure they're going to be willing to do it. But on the flip side, on regular vehicles like Tesla has right now, I think you can do a 15 minute charge gets you roughly 75% battery life. And that's enough to just get you going again for 150, 200 miles or so. And, um, uh, you know, 15 minutes still a lot longer than filling up with gas, but, um, it's doable. That's like a reasonable yeah, number for sure. Yeah. So, and you're talking about switching out batteries. Um, the, uh, the race cars actually do have that. So it's like, like we pull into the pit thing. You just, they basically just drop the battery. Like, like you're pulling it out of like a remote control car real quick and then they plug <laughs> up a awesome. new one really easy. Uh, I think it's even maybe on jacks or something. I just saw a brief uh, video of it and I was like, wow, they're just changing out batteries relatively quick right there. And, uh, you know, it's, so all this, all the stuff is there. I think everything we're talking about has already been said and it's being worked on. So, um, all these hurdles that Wait, they're, are we they're not turning. at the cutting edge of this, Brandon? I was, <laughs> no. I was told we're the, the cutting edge right now. Yeah. Well, as far as our viewers are concerned, yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. We are not really. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another thing that I was just thinking about with the the infrastructure you're going to need to charge all like once we get more and more electric dependent like mm-hmm. the amount of power we're going to start consuming is uh like think of, think think about the the feed you would need for these giant truck stops that have hundreds of pumps like a bucky's right imagine mm-hmm. instead of fuel they're pumping out electricity at all those pumps at a bucky's you would have to have yeah. a freaking substation sitting right there like i don't know like it, it's going to take a huge change me, in the way we build things Okay. This is what's gonna happen because I've already seen it all over. Okay, so you have these 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 Tesla has these charging spaces, uh, places like sporadically throughout the United States. So right. I'm burning out in a rural area. So if you're on a road trip, you map it out, you stop there and charge. Well, during heavy travel seasons, there's like dozens or maybe even a hundred Teslas all lined up to get this charge. And so yeah. you're there all night trying to get the charge because there's only like four stations to charge at and you can't wow. go anywhere else you're in you're in bfe nothing else around you, there's there's nothing you can do you just have to suck it up and hang out there and wait your turn um but there's then there's a lot of other guys cruising around literally with a trailer and a diesel generator on it charging electric vehicles yep that yep. is hilarious. That's so funny. I, mean, I actually wrote a paper about that in uh, a couple years ago for school. That's uh, how green really is the green revolution. And like, if you live in California where a yeah. good majority of the power is renewable and clean, yeah. then your electric vehicle is doing something. Now don't, 
let's not talk about the rare earth minerals that are like dug out of small caves in the ground by children overseas. So your battery can be made. Right. But if you're like in Pennsylvania where it's like, or not necessarily just Pennsylvania, but the Northeast where it's like coal and oil and like not the best greenest energy, you're doing way more harm than good by driving your fully electric vehicle. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's definitely trade-offs everywhere too. Like, uh, even as far as like the environment's concerned, um, you know, where, where they mine the uh, materials for these lithium batteries or whatever it is. Um, like they're just, I mean, it's, it's causing like so much more pollution than oh, it's causing just to, to mine the equivalent for oil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, man. It's like every string you pull, there's a hundred other things that are affected. I'll, I'll say it now. I'm, I'm, I don't think anybody can really ever change my mind. There might be somebody out there willing to give it a shot, but there's no such thing as clean energy. It's nuclear is the closest we have right now because the the offput of it is is containable, right? Mm-hmm. And like, but solar making solar panels is so toxic and requires so much pollution that it it's not great right and it but we're getting better at it we're learning how to do it better and better but yeah it's it's nuclear is really the, the best we have as far as renewability and stuff and sustainability like solar and wind is great until there's no sun or wind but that's some George Jetson stuff. You know, you got a nuclear powered flying car. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, I not necessarily, it, not soon. necessarily in the car, but like as far as to yeah. instead of having like natural gas, or the, which is I guess cleaner than coal, but instead sure. of having a big black cloud coming out, if you and nuclear is is very safe if done right. Like a lot of people like to point at Chernobyl, but you know the Russians back then weren't known for doing things the best way that the containment for that was basically a shed. Like they just had it in a giant open room. It was Uh, was terrible. Anyway. Yeah. I, 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 there's nothing, not much I can really say on anything, uh, nuclear. I just, uh, um, don't know anything about it (laughs) to be honest. Like really, really couldn't comment on anything on it. Gotcha. So maybe it is cleaner. I mean, it's, it's give and take though, right? Cause you gotta, you gotta deal with the radiation and all that stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, um, that's, I mean, there's really not, I'm, I certainly don't know enough about it to, to talk anymore. That's what I've read is that nuclear is the cleanest. You can, you can research and let me know. Yeah. Well, I probably won't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's a good place to stop it for today. Um, Talk a little bit about the Mustang and whatnot, but uh, try and do these more consistently. I apologize for not, not being on it every week, but uh, we will do better moving forward. And, uh, but you have an official co-host. Yes. My, my one and only my right hand man. Uh, yeah, we'll try and get on a more regular release schedule and Brandon will keep me in line. So, yeah.
everyone. Thanks as always for listening to this week's episode of Chris Talks Cars. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you're using. Also follow us on Instagram. I'm at Chris Talks Cars. He is Brandon Cole 67 and we will see you next week.